So uh, welcome to the Frito Show. Thank well, you. Thank you for having uh, me in your in your workshop. No problem. Huh? It's nice to be here with you. You can listen for a second. Okay. That sounds. Hello. Hello. All right. Cool, huh? Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I, I wish I would brought the other the other uh, headphones but yeah uh, but it's i mean it keep, maybe it keeps the conversation more real who knows one once an amateur always an amateur I yeah, yeah. yeah yeah thanks uh, thank you uh that you want to come on yeah it's really nice to be asked i, I mean uh, i really look forward to this yeah huh? yeah, yeah so, me too uh, i might be a bit rusty since as uh, you know i told you <laughs> it's been october since the last i did so that's yeah, yeah. half a year no yeah something like that yeah shit yeah that's too long between podcasts. Yeah, well, you're probably in better practice than I am. So. <laughs> well, it's just it's just talking anyways. And we we have some beers, so mm-hmm. uh, at least over a couple of beers, we might say something yeah. sensible. That's, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so. <laughs> so when I came in, you were just popping up, uh, popping off a neck. That's right. I was taking a neck off a, um, a 1975 Martin guitar. Mm. Um, maybe uh, um, could you just shortly introduce yourself to yeah. uh, to our uh, our uh, listeners? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, my name is Lars Dadin, and uh, I'm a, a guitar builder. Um, but I work as a guitar repairman mostly, so yeah. I fix instruments for uh, musicians and for um, uh, collectors and players, professionals and amateurs. And, yeah. yeah. So when did you establish yourself here? That's Oh, it's with May. So, yeah. um, I mean, I've been working with this. Because where are we now? Uh, we are in uh, Bischlet yeah. in uh, Oslo. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I, I've been doing this in Oslo for you know seven years now. Yeah, because we met in another space. We I, did. I yeah. remember um, you worked at this. Uh, you had a small shop in the back of this guitar shop at Tuagata. Yeah. Uh, vintage guitar, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. And uh, since I have like a seven cents for workshops, I saw <laughs> something in the back yeah, yeah. shimmering and shining. And then, uh, then I saw that you were working on a on a, um, a Selma guitar. Oh, you had that? some, you know, you had some Selma parts on the wall. Yeah, right. And uh, and uh, that of course piqued my interest because I've been yeah. wanting to build one myself yeah. for ages. So yeah, uh, yeah. so that's the first time. Uh, and then we kind of met a couple times and uh, yeah. And uh, I think that guitar is still hanging up here. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that was the guitar you saw. I don't think I've come any further no. <laughs> since you saw it no. <laughs> last time. But, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it's like a ongoing project. Oh, it's funny how these coincidences work out. Yeah. yeah. And since then, of course, we met a lot, uh, uh, quite a bit more. Yeah, we did. I remember you saying that you, um, you had you know access to your CNC machine at Kiel, mm-hmm. and then you were you know you were talking about your building projects and then a little bit you know asking if there was an if we ever needed a cnc machine uh-huh. which kind of i mean as luthiers you you know cnc machine you, you start puking and that, you start, yeah, yeah, you start throwing up banging your head against the wall that's right like, oh. yeah but, but then huh? but then you know <laughs> i've been working with cnc machines before actually i had a guy uh-huh. i was living in canada and i had a guy a friend there who was working on a cnc machine yeah and um did all the Rhino stuff and we printed it out and it kind of worked, but I didn't know as much at, as, at the time. So, yeah. you know, the jigs didn't come out so nice. Yeah. That was just because of lack of my knowledge, not yeah. the CNC machine yes. capabilities. Because yeah. did you study in Canada? or did I did. You... Yeah. yeah. I studied on Vancouver Island. Um, it was a little Luthery school. I think there's, in North America, there's, I don't know, th- three or four serious instrument maker schools and they're independent schools everywhere. And yeah. then, um, there was one in, on Vancouver Island that I chose, yeah. which had the longest 
Lutheran program in North America at the time, I believe, and it was one year. So one that, year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, and, and but I mean, guitar building is kind of uh, it derived from violin building, right? Mm. Um, and if you want to become a violin builder and be taken seriously at all, you got to study. You got to study in Cremona at least for five years, yeah. and, and then you know you're a trainee for a few more years and then you can call yourself an amateur luthier yeah <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> so it's just, I mean, we have this luthiers guild in norway yeah and um it's always funny to see the interaction that's between the guitar builders and the violin builders because yes. i guess everybody has their prejudice yeah, yeah. and uh, the violin builders probably think we're just diligent just slamming and, wood together yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. a just, bunch of carpenters exactly <laughs> and then um but also secretly they tell us that we're the most fun to drink with yeah <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so now you have a proper amateur builder in front of you yeah. Well. yeah yeah so, yeah, yeah. Uh, we can go over that later but um yeah sure you brought a little i brought a little uh, something i built yeah mm -hmm. no so it's it's been really fun working with you and kind of because uh, then um I, I bought the selmer plants as well from this french guy yeah and uh, um, Francois Charles. Yes, yeah, Francois yeah. Charles. Yeah, that was really funny because I'm uh, good friends of our our uh, family. We know uh, he's French, and he lives like ten minutes from Charles. So he just went there and bought it for me and brought it back. Yeah, and uh, so you've never been in his shop. I, before? I haven't been there. So oh I, my god! Next time I'm gonna be. Yeah, next you time I'm definitely Paris, gotta I'm gonna, go because yeah, that's sure. kind of a gem. I think. Yeah, I heard that he's retiring now. But so it has to be fast. Then. Yeah, but the if you want it authentic. But after that, someone else has taken over, and yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, you know, whenever somebody takes over, it gets shittier. Than yeah, <laughs> so it's the case. Yeah. But I mean, he wrote a three hundred page book on the Selmer guitars. Yeah, I, mean, I, ha I have that one. I yeah. have both. There's two books. There's one, oh. one more about the history, and there's one which is really, I think, is actually written by Canadian American. No, do you have the Michael Collins book? Yes, I have. I gotta borrow that from you because he's, <laughs> it's out of stock. He doesn't yeah. produce it anymore, well, and I I've been wanting to. Know I somehow got all. I got a hold of. I, I think also through Charles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because uh, he, yeah, first I bought one book and then he said, oh, I have a couple of, so he, Charles might have some copies of that books. So I can ask my French connection to can see. Can you? He, yeah, for sure. That'd be great. For sure. Very yeah, Oh, shit. Oh. But I'll have to ask him before this one comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> should broadcast this, by the way. should cut this out so nobody goes out. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah so, so I have both books. And uh, uh, so, I, you know, with because uh, I started out. You know, the reason why I got in contact and started chit-chatting chit with you was, mm. uh, I think at the time I was in the process of building my guitar. I was, I was right. uh, you know, I had made all the parts, but I hadn't slammed it together yet. Doing and, an electric guitar, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. My, yeah, like a jazz master yeah. uh, type. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so that's why I started chatting you up. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, I had, you know, the intention, or I still had the intention to build an acoustic one. And, yeah. And... Um, because one thing I found out through building the, the electric guitar is how many myths and how many kind of oh, yeah. smoke and, and mirrors is oh, around yeah. guitar building There's and what tons. you're supposed to, not supposed to. And yeah. I mean, it's with, as, as with any world you're in, I guess, but yeah. it's, uh, I, I find it very amusing and often also a bit confusing maybe or yeah. And, uh, and, and quite often just dead wrong. Yeah. And, uh, like physically wrong a lot of times yeah or know. just you know or just irrelevant or something yeah. is is kind of blown out of proportion without you know having any real reason or yeah. something. yeah 
Yeah. There, there's tons of that, and I'm confronted by it every day almost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember when I started got into it first, I was you know all about the internet forums about mm. three and stuff, and the, and the, the thing that I noticed was back then too was that there was no luthiers there on the guitar forums. Okay. There were only like enthusiasts and players and. Yeah. And then now that I'm a luthier, I understand why. <laughs> because it's, uh, <laughs> it's you know so it's fun. a wormhole. <laughs> so it, yeah. No, that, that that was also my experience. It's like I, I, the the most funny one was that uh, this forum or this thread or this kind of blog or whatever it was about. No, like if you're gonna build a guitar, you you buy like a kit and you you put it together. That's it, right? right. Yeah. If you're really hardcore, you build the body. Or, and we're talking electric guitars, not yeah. because yeah, you, yeah. You you know you make the uh, the body yourself and then you slam on a neck and and all the equipment, you know? yeah, yeah. And you know all the rest, yeah, that's just luthier stuff. You don't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind yeah, of like the three the, three uh, choices you had. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. And, yeah. Well, it's. I mean, especially building electric guitars and acoustic guitars, for that matter, isn't that hard. Like, mm -hmm. I, um, I mean, I do this, so I obviously don't think it's too hard. But just to put one together isn't so hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just glue and pieces of wood. Mm -hmm. But um, I guess a lot of people argue that making it sound proper is takes you know decades. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, there's something this. I would maybe you could say this muscle memory in in kind of being a master over your tools and over the materials mm. and and that that comes together in this kind of uh, uh, perfect storm. Yeah. And but I do believe a lot of it is luck too. That sometimes you just hit it. Yeah. yeah? And and sometimes you're lucky with a piece of wood. Yeah. And with the you know just with the whole process or something as well. Right? Yeah. But um, yeah. No, I lost my thread already. Yeah. Well, I, I think that, um, I mean, when I talk to luthiers, they all seem to have different ideas about mm. what a good sound is and how to achieve it and how good they're at it, achieving it. Yeah, now I know what I wanted to get at because mm. for the normal person, it's the same with hi-fi, you know, like mm. after a certain difference, you don't hear the difference yeah. un unless you, you know, you're, you, it's your day job and yeah. there's only five of them in the world, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, where do you feel kind of the that kind of switching point is, you know, where 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 it's good enough? Yeah, you know, it's maybe not at the at the Stradivarius uh, level, but yeah. it's uh, or yeah, or do you have do you have your personal kind of uh, benchmark there? Well, I think I got we got to separate it into two things because we can talk about the quality of craftsmanship. Yeah, and then we can talk about the sound of the instrument, and those are two different things for me, because I have a lot of respect for how, um, I mean, players prefer all kinds of different instruments yeah. and the way they sound and feel. Yeah. So I, you know, people can come in with a guitar for repair that's basically just a piece of shit. Yeah. But they love it to death. Yeah. And then who am I to go? That's a shitty sound. Yeah. I mean, I I'm not going to play it. So whatever they like is fine by me. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you can. As, as a builder, what I would strive for is making something that I think sound pleasant. Yeah. And then... Would you be able to describe that? Or is that... Uh... Well, I could use some adjectives that doesn't mean anything to anybody <laughs> else, probably. <laughs> but um, uh, Just give it a go. Yeah, yeah. So on the Gypsy Jazz guitars, I, uh, I'm, 
I care a lot about the high mids. Yeah. Not too interested in bass. I actually prefer guitars with less bass. Yeah. And uh, highs too, I find them annoying. So yeah. I like the high strings that are usually associated with treble yeah. to have less treble and more high mid. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the best way I can find it. And then also when you play it, you get sometimes on really good guitars, the sensation that it gets louder the higher note you play. Yeah. And I think the really good guitars are the guitars that I like at least, they get higher in volume the higher pitch I play. Okay. Yeah. And that's something that I would try to strive for in yeah. my guitars. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of associated with the specific genre that I play too. Yeah. Which is gypsy jazz. So yeah. um I'm but when it comes to craftsmanship, I think that uh perfection is like the ultimate Mm. Um, goal and I think you can find an objective perfection mm -hmm. in handcraft but not in sound because no. people have different That's, tastes yeah that sound is more subjective handcraft you can you know I mean, exactly. it, it falls apart and it's held together with by duct tape you know yeah. not so good so but I think your level your competence level as a luthier can be measured in how well you can reproduce a sound yeah so if you can build a guitar yeah, you, that has a nice sound and then make multiple of them, yeah, then you're onto something. Yeah, because do you have yeah. a process to to um, I so narrow that down or or kind of to to uh, specify that for yourself, kind of a, like a, a research language or a research kind of way you do. Well, I the way I try to do it is that I eliminate variables mm. uh, to kind of. Um, the fewer variables I have in an instrument, the better it is because then I can focus on one specific variable. Yeah. So for example, normal guitars have solid wood for the sides. Yeah. It can be all kinds of thicknesses. Yeah. And all kinds of different, you know, shapes and depth and everything. And all that probably affects sound. Yeah. And, but what I would, what I do, which you know of, because you made all the jigs for it, is <laughs> the lamination process. So yeah. I laminate veneers together to yeah. make the sides yeah and uh that way i can kind of i mean it's just as much glue as there is wood in yeah. those laminates yeah. you know so, so instead of carbon fiber or or, or or glass fiber you use wood as a as a exactly uh, as a uh, cohesive for the epoxy or the yeah. yeah so then right there i just eliminated a lot of variables and yeah. then uh, the back of the guitar uh, is normally a flat piece of wood with braces on it yeah. to form it into an arch. Yeah. But the the jigs that we've been designing are have an arch already, and then you laminate the wood over the arch, and yeah. so you end end up with a dome that's pretty strong yeah. and also consistent. Yeah. And uh, to go into the technicalities, you know, with a dome structure and lamination, you know, wood doesn't like to bend in two directions at the same time, right? Yeah. Um, uh, how, how do you how do you think of compensating for that or is that uh, do you do you make the veneers wet before you shape them or or is it well with with the um, with the back i mean you have arches that go in all kinds of directions at the same time with the mm -hmm. sides it's kind of just a it's one bend at a time mm -hmm. yeah but uh, for the back i don't know yet no uh, i mean i think it's a little bit of luck and then using thin pieces of wood i mean the ones i'm using is 0.6 millimeters thick yeah and then i have them in layers and then i you have to vary the grain direction of yeah each you have layer. to cross it right yeah you've got to make, cross basically it. make plywood yeah, yeah. and it's, it's got to be even too so you can't have two uh two pieces that go in one direction and only one that goes in the other 
Oh yeah. Uh, oh, so you have to. Yeah. So you have to. Okay. Yeah. Why is that? Um, because if you have, uh, you need equal strength pulling in all directions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of so course, otherwise you would. Uh, yeah. Otherwise it's floppy one way. Yeah. So you can do that either by varying. If you want to do three ply, which I do on the sides. Yeah. I do zero point six millimeters on the outside and the inside ply. Yeah. Um, and then the, for the middle ply, I use one point two millimeters with okay. a grain running yeah. in the opposite direction. So you would, yeah. So you would have the same strength. All, yeah. All three. Yeah. Hmm. That's right. So the total is more or less. And of strength. course, the one point two wouldn't bend that well on the back. So then you rather and um, as a um, because in the inside you would see the grain direction running one way and the outside you would see the grain direction running another way oh, ideally you would have those two run in the same direction and then I have the middle ply kind of running in the cross direction okay so you do two yeah so you do okay yeah, yeah. so there's two there's two on the outside and one thick one on the inside yeah yeah, yeah. okay that makes sense yeah so instead of so what you do is the 1.2 you splice it in two but you glue it in the same direction for the back uh, no, actually, that is 1.2. Oh, for the back, I'm going to use 0 0.6 millimeters, four of them. So uh, Yeah, but then are you going to... Uh, uh, so horizontal, vertical, horizontal, vertical? No, I'm going to go horizontal, horizontal vertical, vertical, vertical yes. horizontal. Yeah. yeah, that's what I meant with slicing the 1.2. Yeah, in, right. Two. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, uh, yeah, it was... Or using yeah, unlucky uh, phrasing on no, my no, part, yeah, right. for sure. Yeah, so that... I, but I don't know how well that will bend. I mean, yeah. I think when you're at 0 0.6 millimeters, there is some flex in yeah. the wood. So it can stretch a little bit. Yeah. And as long as you, you have don't... to find that margin, and that's yeah. probably also different than in different types of wood, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. So some wood bend really well. And how the wood is cut too is mm. very important. Like how, what's, what does the grain lines look like? If yeah. they're really hard grain lines, then you're going to have a problem bending, bending it yeah. against, against the line. grain. Yeah, yeah against the grain. <laughs> Exactly. Like that, man. Yeah. yeah. So, so back to our earlier point. So, I try to eliminate the variables here. So, yes. the sides and back are no longer a variable. They're consistent from guitar to guitar. Mm -hmm. And then the top, which guitar builders know that is kind of the heart of the guitar. Where that's where everything resonates. That's right? where everything resonates. And already there, you have, you know, eight or nine pieces of wood. Yeah. So that's enough variables for me. Yeah. And then you can vary the thickness and the material and you know, the quality of wood and just, yeah. you know, there's just there, there's so many variables. Yeah. So, um, that's enough for, for my head. At uh, least. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. no, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would, uh, in instinctively, I would go that route too. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, uh, also because what I read, but also with my understanding of my limited understanding of wood, mm -hmm. I wouldn't, that wouldn't end, end of sound. It, the sides and the back wouldn't have such an impact so the difference and it's a lot easier to laminate bend than to to uh yes and no i mean to do a good lamination you're dependent on some really nice jigs so <laughs> yeah that's 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 uh that's why i went that thought think that way because yeah. for me it's easier to make a jig than to to get a consistent result yeah by hand bending exactly and but, but once you're good at hand bending you can do it pretty efficiently and there's also bending machines that you can use yeah that you know bend it for but you that, but that's a jig again that's a jig that's yeah. another jig and then yeah. yeah but there's always so many variables in the sides and just the, the in the quality of wood right no two pieces of wood are no. alike and then and uh, <clears throat> yeah you told me a while back that you went to switzerland uh, to yeah, yeah. to uh, to collect some of that uh, fine uh, wood uh, yeah 
Uh, yeah, because the other thing is, of course, then the top becomes your main variable, yeah. right? And uh, um, and if you want to have a consistent result, let's always, let's say over ten guitars, yeah. Do you want the pieces for the top then from the same tree, from the same oh, species, from the same? You know? Well, I'd say the same spe- species and then the same like, strength. Strength, yeah, yeah, and that is because uh, because uh, um, if you buy a piece of lumber at uh, your local uh, hardware store, you you get at most maybe an AA or like a yeah, I mean the, quality. The, I don't, I don't the know. Quality, even what the quality, the, the way there. they grade it is, I mean, it's completely you know, everyone fends for themselves. Like uh-huh. I remember this place in Switzerland. They had I was talking to the grading girl. So yeah. was, that was all she was doing. She was grading wood, and then. Um, uh, they have like this list in German, right? And what the criteria is for the master grade is, and the, yeah. you know all the different grades. And then, you know, she explains to me that it's got to you have even grain lines and a certain strength and so on. And then, but she doesn't tell me this. But you know, next to her, I see this dice that she has sitting there <laughs> with the grades <laughs> on it. <laughs> so I guess sometimes they're just like oh. they just roll the dice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I think they I, mostly they would grade for aesthetics. Yeah, that's usually what they do. Yeah, uh, and then some, you know, strength. Yeah, but I mean, there's just because that's the only thing you realistically can measure. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what else are you gonna measure? And then, but I think with when it comes to uh, when it comes to wood, you can kind of what I just look for is a general stiffness. Yeah, you know, so I pick the stiffest top so that I could find and. Um, some of those were definitely not in the master 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 yeah. grade, yeah. and for me, uh, with the little building that I do, it's more interesting to me to have a top that has a certain oddness to it yeah, or some character kind of, or a... some kind of character. I remember I was picking through, uh, you know, all the triple A's, you know, and then that's the next best thing. And then I my girlfriend was with me at the time. She's from um, Bavaria, and she I asked her to pick out one. And then I told her to, you know, look for stiffness and whatever. Uh-huh. And then she goes to the cheapest, <laughs> cheapest stack, the, yeah. the cheapest stack. <laughs> and then she picks out this beautiful piece of wood, which the grains were running like a snake, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you know, it's very strong, just like the other ones. Yeah. And that's the top that I'm excited to use, right? Yeah, it's for sure. It's not all the you know sterile the, stuff that I found. Yeah. It's the one that has a little bit of a story to it. And so the, the sterile one, that's for the for the high production, right? Where you want. Yeah consistency of production that's so you right. get like a predictable result right yeah. and and you're after the you know that the, interesting bit yeah right? the romanticism yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that stuff so that's super nice yeah i was really jealous when you were there you yeah. know it was so nice it was like a you know little village at the top of a mountain like it was it, you know. it's just it's just a cliche on top of a yeah, cliche on top of exactly a cliche. and then there's like a guy who you know <laughs> they they cut down wood and then they bring it by helicopter yeah because you, you, yeah, you they're not get clear cutting right so they're you know picking out the what they think are going to be good uh, music wood yeah. and then they fly it in by helicopter and then they cut it up and you know uh, yeah, and then they end up with just I don't know how many tops they had up there, but I got to pick through you know all the stuff, and it was really really beneficial because you learn a lot trying yeah. to pick out from you know I probably went through at least a hundred tops there yeah. trying to you know find the ones I ended up with eleven or something. Yeah, and I learned so much just from touching it and you know. Yeah. So yeah, that that's that muscle memory also which you build up, yeah, because yeah. You, you also have to feel 
uh, feel the piece to understand, you know, mm-hmm. to understand the tactility. Or, or, yeah. yeah. And then you come really quickly in these these kind of mythical things. Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Where the wood speaks to you and where you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but that, I mean that's the romantic part of that I can totally get into. Mm. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and they they have some wood that they cut down during certain phases of the moon. Yeah. So it's kind of uh, you know that's. Whole... That, but that has to do with the the, the fluids in a tree. Cause, something like that because uh, with the moon phases that kind of varies you want, so they want to have as little fluids in the tree when they cut it well that's, that's what they that's what they s- that's also say. one of the reasons why they cut at the end of winter uh, that's too uh, I think you know normal tree logging well first of all you can transport over snow is a lot easier than through you know through mud yeah sure and uh, and but also because all the, the ju- most of the juices are out so you have less problem with rot and, and stuff like that it could be I, mean, I don't know enough about that but, I but this think is this is what I read about normal kind of wood yeah wood, uh, and this is what I, I have one friend who's a, a, I say a, a tree uh, cutter or yeah. what you call them you know yeah. a lumberjack lumber or, yeah and uh, at least that's that's what I understood. And, yeah. yeah, there's probably something to that. Now, if the moon affects it, I don't know. I think. Well, I mean, the moon does affect uh, the tide, so why why not the fluids? That's a lot more water than a couple of fluids in a tree. Yeah, sure. But what would happen to our blood then when it's full moon? Like, we go we, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, so I don't know, but I don't know if I buy. It. But I mean. It, then you're also assuming that that makes for better tops and i mean that that's a big assumption in itself so but as i said like in the relation to when you cut it at the end of winter and you have less fluids in there so that means that wood is more stable over time so it rots less it kind of deforms less Mm -hmm. so it gives a better quality of wood but that doesn't say anything about sound yeah so and it doesn't say anything about the moon it mm -hmm. just says about something you know yeah, but that what same theory could could maybe apply to the moon if it relates to the fluids. Yeah. I mean, I I that's a, like a general thing where when it comes to all these myths and all that around Luthery that I I I, for, I don't want to talk about stuff that I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know this, and I don't think anybody but, does. So. But um, I presume somebody has done some research. I mean, this was the I way guess. they cut it back in the day during you know because they believed in this stuff. Yeah. And but now we have science, and I'm pretty sure it's the disproven the moon thing at least. I I also read the opposite. I think yeah. on other related things. So yeah. I, I, anyways, who we, knows? We we both don't know. So let's yeah, let's yeah. move on to some, yeah, yeah, yeah. something else. But I at the end of the day, I mean, when I picked up my tops, it wasn't like I consistently ended you up with felt the moon, the moon stuff. Moon. Yeah, you felt exactly. The moon, yeah, for you know? sure. Yeah. So I, I don't think I ended up with a single piece of moon wood because I just picked out the strongest ones and they yeah. just happened not to be the moon wood. The moon wood. So, but then the other question is, okay, you know, maybe there was a moon wood in there, but they just forget to mark it as moon wood. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I thought that they they had like a certain moon wood is actually quite a nice name. That's though. a pretty good name. Oh. I think yeah, lunar wood. Lunar yeah, wood. That would yeah, also be nice. Yeah. But um, I think they what they do is that they cut it during, like for over a couple months. I think they cut oh, it over okay. a couple months, and then whatever happens to be cut at the right moon phase, they give it one of those stamps. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think it's. I think it's kind of by accident. For, yeah. You know. To they don't plan for it. They just kind of oh, that's the moon one. We'll yeah. Stamp it because we've always done this. Or, yeah. You know, exactly. Whatever, yeah. But. Yeah. Or they can charge a bit more for Moonwood. Then. Exactly. Yeah. You know, then you can... It's good marketing, right? It's good, total good marketing. <laughs> and I mean, Luthery is kind of the business of creating myths, myths and, yeah. you know, all kinds of, 
you know, stories around what you do and, yeah. you know, so. No, it, it spices up life a bit. So yeah, yeah, sure. I'm for it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I love that part of it, mm. you know, even if I don't believe it matters, you know, but mm. I just love the part of it. Mm. But the thing is that if you're an amateur builder and you're building with moon wood, it's not going to get any better, you no. know, so it, it's, but a good craftsman could probably build you a nice top out of a piece of pine. Yeah. So it's kind of, I don't know what level you have to be for that stuff to start mattering, but it's yeah. a pretty darn high level. Yeah, yeah. So maybe there's one moon wood builder out there who really understands and feels the moon. Totally, yeah. totally. Maybe one of your listeners. <laughs> if you're out there, please take contact with us. Mm -hmm. We want to talk to you. And if you know anything about this moon stuff, please yeah. contact us. Oh yeah, absolutely. So far, I've have, haven't had any comments on my uh, on my podcast so far. No. That's fine. I don't. I I might have turned it off the possibility, and so I don't. Oh, I don't really? know. But uh, oh. that's uh, yeah. Oh. But if anyone has something on it, yeah, please let us know. It'd be cool. That would be yeah. It would be cool mm. to know. And it's something about that. Yeah. Now we were you know we were mentioning it earlier this myth around. Uh, and you see how quickly we got into yeah, yeah. and it's a, war, it's yeah. a we didn't, weren't even trying you know, wormhole so. every time yeah. I mean uh, but that, that uh, I really you know I really believe in this magical part of life you mm -hmm. know, where you know we don't understand shit you know we pretend we do quite a bit but in reality we, we just make it up as we go along and you know yeah. And if that's the case, then why not make it interesting? Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's probably true. But I also think, as somebody who knows a little bit about Luthery, I think it's also my re responsibility to not kind of, <laughs> you know, uh, make things more important what they are, or just yeah. you know, because I feel like I feel like it's just not it's that's not honest, you know. And you know, maybe you know, f fifty years down the line, there'll be some research that suggests that moonwood is far superior could be yeah. i mean what do i know yeah and i mean yeah but but that's i think you know what we talked earlier like this this margin where that would make such a big difference it will make a difference for somebody who plays 24 7 you know and yeah. and, and really is so in in tune with his with his instrument that you know yeah or, or you know in connection with and, uh, and so highly skilled that you really feel these small kind of nuances you know? mm -hmm. I mean the same if you pick up a chisel you know and you, you, you pick up a proper quality chisel you know the difference and you you know the enjoyment of that yeah. right but you're already one of the few who kind of feels that difference you know most mm -hmm. people pick up a chisel and they don't know the difference you open a paint can with it yeah yeah, yeah. for sure that's yeah. what they're for yeah, right yeah. <laughs> Uh, exactly and and it's the same with an instrument of course you know some people they have such a deep knowledge understanding muscle memory around an instrument that these small nuances suddenly make a difference and mm. then even moonwood can have an effect even even if it's a psychological one mm -hmm. you know so uh, but this is this is impossible to test because yeah. if, you, if you have a guy playing a guitar and then it's not like you can just change out the top for one that's moonwood and then... And suddenly everything changes, no. No, because no. then you all changed, you know, 50 other pieces of wood too at the same time. Yeah. And you, yeah. you know, so it's impossible to measure this stuff. So you got to judge an instrument on, you know, its value as an individual. Uh, that's the only thing you can do. Yeah. And if a guy gets a kick out of it being moonwood, then, you know, awesome. What you said earlier, so you, you run into the subjectivity of, of, of sound, right? Yeah. And and I mean, I sometimes pick up a, an instrument and I have no feeling with it 
whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, like um, when I'm bought like a guitar again, yeah, it was when my son was born. I said, okay, maybe you know it'd be fun to have an instrument in the house. And I hadn't mm -hmm. played for ten years, and and I uh, um, and this was in the, when I was built when I started building the Jazz Master. Yes, yeah. you know I couldn't. Uh, the reason why I built a jazz master was like manifold. You know? mm -hmm. So I uh, uh, I used it to kind of learn the CNC because I did the whole whole instrument with the CNC yeah. uh, machines. Uh, um, uh, and but I couldn't afford to buy one, you know, because right. I you know hadn't played in ten years and yeah. I would just just be silly. But I could afford to kind of use it as a research project. Spend a lot more money and time. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, really learned quite a bit in the process, and uh, but then I also bought like a cheap thousand crowner guitar, and uh, which sounded fine in the store, mm -hmm. and then I got it home, and it was a piece of crap, which yeah. is great because the kids they beat it up and they you know yeah. they bang on it and it falls over, and and uh, and then later I bought myself a small small like Taylor Mini, which you know I really enjoy playing, and then I started making one, and yeah. now I suddenly have one, two, three. Four, five, six guitars. Yeah, it happens pretty fast, doesn't it? <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> uh, oh no, let me see. No, I have a Squire. I have a, like my first guitar when I was fifteen. I don't even know what it is. I, no, I, I no, I, I wouldn't even know what it is. No, that's how kind of generic it is. Yeah. Um, then I have the Jazz Master. I have a bass guitar, and I have two acoustic guitars. Yes, right. seven. Yeah, seven guitars. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. more than I have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I have one that I use. Uh, but I have to say, I I build better guitars than I play. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So uh, I mean, it it just probably something about both. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, but I have great fun with it. Then. But I mean, back in the day, it was it, guitar building wasn't a dedicated craft. Mm. I mean, people would do whatever made them money. Mm. So they would build a table one day and then a guitar the other day if they got order for it. So it was furniture oh, makers who built, yeah, yeah, furniture yeah. makers built this stuff. Hmm. And you know, back in the in 17 and 1800s, there was these villages around that were kind of just where there were just instrument builders yeah. and furniture makers. There's a couple in Germany and there's a couple in France and you know Cremona is a famous one. Yeah, and you know there was just musical instrument making or cabinet making or whatever so it wasn't like there was these passionate guitar players no. that you know got into luthery no no it, no. Was, it wasn't like that at all it was just like something you made and yeah. we've romanticized or a lot of people have at least romanticized that mm. you know like there was these bearded guys in aprons in the 1700s who knew this everyone has beard and everyone was a yeah now aprons. everybody's yeah. got a beard and a <laughs> but back then too because you know it was expensive to shave yeah sure yeah. <laughs> and you know an apron was the only thing you know because you, you had no clothes you had yeah. to have an apron <laughs> exactly <laughs> but uh i mean now it's usually people who come from a musical background who start yeah. getting into this and they have a different has that been your your uh, kind of your path as well yeah, I was, yeah, first I got into playing, playing, yeah. and I've never been very good with my hands. Like I've, um, it, I don't have. When I was a kid, I wasn't like picking everything apart or mm. doing anything like that. So it it was purely something that came out of a passion for music, yeah. and not. But I hear these stories about all these other guys who are probably like you, who are you know picked 
things apart, you know, screwed apart the radio when there was a kid or, and then wow. put it back together or was really curious. Well, about I, I took things apart, but I never managed to put them <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah. I see. So that only came later. No, like I, I, I didn't have a specific interest in that either when I was a kid. No. No, I just... But where did you think the, the building and the stuff came practice, from for you? Practice, practice, practice. Yeah. So it's, uh, for, uh, that's a good question. I, I haven't thought about it. Because it's my background as, as a visual artist. I, uh, you know, I never, I never drew as a, I always drew as a kid, but not as like, oh, I have to draw, draw. you know, I drew, right. drew like any other kid, you know, yeah. just because it's fun. Yeah. And uh, I never had any kind of aspirations to become an artist until basically the last year of my high school right where i figured out okay what 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 am i going to do with my life so i was choosing between economics and art and then uh, but i also figured out okay i'm 19 i don't know who i am mm-hmm. and i thought okay at, with art you're busy with yourself all the time i'm probably going to find out faster yeah and that was one of my main incentives and that turned right. out to be right <laughs> interesting <laughs> it's an egomaniac world so yeah, yeah. so uh and and in that process, I really found out that I f- think it's fun to build stuff. Yeah. And, I, 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 and now I'm at the point, if I don't build stuff, I, I get miserable. Yeah. Now is that something that developed out of that, you think? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just became my natural expression, so to say. And uh, and so for me, what I make is, is in a sense, less important right. than I make. Yeah. So if I make a guitar, if I make an artwork, if I make a furniture piece, if I just kind of make something, it doesn't mm. matter. You know, even something without purpose or, uh, or or space, you know, it just needs to be done. That's interesting yeah. because that's completely opposite of the way I I'm, I have no interest in building anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not uh, lucky it's, you. Yeah, just <laughs> just guitars. Yeah, and uh, other instruments. I mean, I could get into too, but yeah, um, I have no interest in. You know, designing a chair or anything, and I, I draw like I'm still five years old. I, I you do know, that too. Yeah, I suck. I suck at everything artistic. So, mm. but I know how to work a chisel. Mm. So, mm. yeah. But that's the and that's what I learned through what I've been doing quite a bit is that because uh, you say yeah you're good with a chisel, but at some point you become so good with a chisel that you start to draw better. Oh, that could because, be a thing, yeah. Because that skill of the chisel part of that is transferable to other uh, areas you know yeah. like drawing like thinking like walking like you know it yeah. sounds strange but yeah all these things after a while they be- start to interconnect yeah. at least in my experience and and that's when things get really freaky and funky yeah that's that's very interesting though mm. but what about like because i thought about this there's when i build the guitars i make copies of other guitars like mm. i don't do my own design or anything because mm. i i don't know how to do that Mm. and i i have a huge problem with transferring an image i have in my hand a head over to a piece of paper or something and if i live i live with a guy now who's really into interior stuff and yeah. you know and he's like oh what if we paint this wall this color and i have no <laughs> chance of i have no idea what yeah, yeah what yeah. i have a sh- really poor you know visualization ability mm. Well, I would say you might have an underdeveloped visualization. Could be. Can you train it? For sure. Yeah. For sure. I should practice that. Yeah. No. So, so um, my experience is often also kind of what is your initial question? You know. So maybe mm. your questions are just slightly off. You know? Yeah. So, uh, 
because uh, um, to come to 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 a design or to uh, uh, like a um, and I, you know visualizing an idea or kind of transferring an idea to some kind of reality um, often what we sit with is like a an idea how we think we have to get there right you know so you think okay what we talked about earlier with guitars that there's a lot of myth around it kind of what you can and cannot do and, yeah and the truth is there isn't you know there's things that have been proven for certain people to work better than others yeah and but they might you know they haven't tried a lot of things they may have tried two things and found out oh the second thing works better i'll do that right yeah uh, but they haven't tried the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, or the seventh, mm -hmm. which would have created completely different results. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So kind of the approach, you know, when you say like, okay, I'm, I'm not good at drawing, and I, I say that this too. Uh, uh, and what do you say? Aren't, aren't, you, aren't you good at the skill of drawing? Because that's the part you can learn, you know, to mm -hmm. kind of become more hand-eye coordinated and, and whatnot. And, uh, uh, that's just kind of dissecting it and working at it and practicing and practicing and practicing you know like anything else and um, uh, so if you have ideas in your head and you you won't be able to transfer them to to paper let's say yeah you know? uh, that's not a, that problem lies somewhere else maybe you know it, it may be also that uh, maybe you shouldn't draw them maybe you should take clay and form right. so maybe you're, you're more three-dimensional in thinking you know or, oh, or cool. uh, for me for personally for example like i i'm very bad at two-dimensional thinking mm. um, you know uh, um, uh, let's say when i do a painting i don't know where to stop because the layers you know everything is flat so i don't know when it stops oh yeah as soon as i start thinking of it as three-dimensional object i know exactly where to stop and when it's finished and when it's done right and just that's just a different way of thinking yeah and and to find out kind of okay where, where are you how do you think mm. and how can you hack that thinking into getting the result you want yeah and uh, uh, you know sometimes the real result is that somebody else visualizes for you, you know? right that's that's no problem no you know? and, i'm uh, uh yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I, th I I'm super fascinated by that process of kind of how how do we how do we ex express our created creativity and where do we f how do we cope with the limitations of our creative uh, creativity? Yeah. You know, because uh, there's only limitation. You know, because you you I I barely touch like the ideas I have, I have in my head you know, because they're physically maybe not even possible or. Uh, 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 quantum physically not possible or yeah. whatever they are right <laughs> so so but uh, 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 and that's the fun part because I don't mind in my if, if it changes along the way you know, and, uh, uh, yeah, and another way of designing is just by you know endless try and error okay let's try with something else make it ugly make the mistakes yeah then improve upon that mm -hmm. until you come to a design you know so so uh, this idea that you have your blueprint ready and then you start working, yeah, you know, is also. I mean, for some people that works. Some people can, you know, draw a blueprint out of their head. Yeah, I can do that with certain things, but not with other things. No. Yeah? So, and and sometimes you just have to tinker. Yeah. That's right. it. You yeah. tinker till it works. Yeah. yeah. 
And I mean, we've been doing that a bit with the jigs now, right? Yeah, so, okay. yeah, yeah. And, it, and then it's just small tweaks and suddenly you have a fantastic result. Yeah, yeah. that's true. They came out good. Yeah. 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 Well, it could be, a, I mean, the clay part is probably, that's kind of interesting to me because I never, because I, whenever, whenever I think of drafting a guitar, I always think of, you know, a big piece of, uh, paper and yeah. then you know starting to draw some lines and use yeah. the French curves and then you got something at the end yeah because that that's, that's how you've right? seen everybody doing it right yeah, yeah exactly but what if you had a piece of clay and then you just you know made the shape that way yeah. that would certainly help me because then I wouldn't have to you know I could adjust just a tiny bit here and there yeah. but when you're yeah and then and then after you're done you did 3d scan it you got your 3d drawing and then you ask somebody to make like a word drawing on it oh. you know that's the uh, possibilities for you. I know. It's oh. crazy. That's yeah. my department. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, no, so that's. Uh, but but it's really. I mean, that's also really the hardest thing to to figure out. Kind of how to hack your own brain. How to get mm. get along. You know, and that's that never stops because once you solve one problem, you know, ten new problems are standing ready for you yeah, to yeah, deal yeah. with. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, uh, I think that's the most exciting part. That's also one of the reasons why I started building a guitar because I, I didn't know if I could. Right. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Let's try. And you got one here. I got one here. Yeah. Want to have a look? Yeah, let's have a look at it. Uh -huh. Yeah. Should I go? Unpack yeah, it? yeah, just open it. Yeah, yeah. Don't start laughing straight away, okay? No. Just no, hold on. give me one tenth, you know, <laughs> couple of seconds. You know. Don't be so hard. All right. It's blue. Uh, what would you call the color? Silver light blue? That's silver light blue, yeah. Alright. So there it is. It looks like a guitar. It looks like a guitar. Sounds like a guitar, I guess. Yeah. I haven't tuned it, so it's pretty stable for some reason. Certainly. Did you do the frets also? Everything. That's impressive. I've seen uh, worse fret work by people who do this for a living. My first guitar. Better than my first guitar. <laughs> now, do you have a truss rod? In yeah, there's a truss rod, yeah. Yeah. That's very nice, Frito. I'm impressed. Thanks. Because the hard part about this kind of guitar, you made a Jazzmaster, and yeah. the hard part is the angle here. Yeah. Most uh, Fender Jazzmaster have a have an angle here that's just not right yeah and uh, they end up with these funky sounds that some people like or people like them yeah. to a certain extent because they add a bit of a shimmer to yeah. the tone but uh, I mean this is geometrically better than fenders I would say <laughs> <laughs> that's nice to hear and uh, we have this is a mahogany neck no it's not it's a bubinga neck it's a bubinga neck with a with a hickory fret board. Right. And what's the body? A piece it's of steel? ash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for you to comment on that one. Yeah. Because I, I think the only thing that really is a, is a, it's a sitting guitar. It's really heavy. I yeah. Mean, it's it's, it's a, a backbreaker. Because I, uh, I had a really nice piece of ash, but it was a, like a solid. You know, it was like the the heavy heavy one. Yeah, I can see and then, that the, your, your shape is slightly different than the normal... Uh, well, the thing was, you know, I refused to, this this is my cheap ass, I refused to buy like a, a, a proper plan. Yeah. So I copied this from like some kind of PDF I found about the shapes 
Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I use as a base. So I, had, I mean, it's I had a shitty, shape. I had a shitty base, so I had to clean it up. So I cleaned it up and cleaned it up. You know, yeah, yeah. the same as we did with the jig, you yeah. know, where you get the curves better and better. Uh-huh. And this is where I learned how to make these curves better and better. So I couldn't, right. you know, I, this was this. I used this guitar when I built it really to learn this 3D modeling in Rhino mm-hmm. and also the the, the two sided uh, CNCing. Right. Okay. And because it's uh, it has curves and shapes on both sides so I had to flip it around and then find out how to do that and yeah and you have these indexing pins probably under here somewhere right uh, you had them? What I, no 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 I don't because no, you don't have because you don't need indexing because what I did I cut a block I cut it out with ha- taps on it so yeah. it's still attached then I turned it around did yeah, the other yeah, one yeah. and then I cut it loose and just shaped, uh, shaped right. it in. and the same with the neck that's the same how the neck is done too I mean the, I really like the neck shape this is what yeah. you'd call a D a D shape. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. has quite a bit of shoulder, and then it's quite flat on the back. Yeah. I happen to like those shapes. I I do too. I I would like. I think the next one I made a bit more C ish, still D ish, but yeah. towards the C. Yeah. Just to have a bit smoother thing, but not not by a lot though. And this uh, is actually yeah. very similar to the Seltzer necks. Yeah. They used to have a bit of a D. Yeah. It's faster. Yeah. Yeah, because then you don't have to round off so much here. Yeah. So you just Correct. like you know have a square and then you cut the corners and then you're done. Yeah. So but well, this this is well all seed. The, the neck is seen seed, so I haven't had to do anything with yeah. it. I just had to sand it afterwards. <laughs> so, and uh, the the fretboard has a uh, uh, I say a double radius, so it has a ten feet radius on top and a twelve or fourteen radius on the bottom. So it's a it inch though, eh? Inch, yeah, 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 feet, uh, or no, yeah, because it's a, it's I think it's a feet radius because it's quite big, to get this this really sl- slow curve. Now this is definitely a. Oh, you mean, the the curve of the fretboard. Yeah, yeah. that's definitely an inch, because if a foot, you know, twelve foot. Yeah, yeah, but it is that big. Really, when yeah. I, yeah, when I drew it up, it's it's ginormous because you only need like a very flat, like semi flat thing, so it's. Uh, and that you know to make like uh, and that there, that's where I really found out that the CNC is quite nice because to make this this radius kind of trans transfer over from one to another yeah you know by hand that's that's you know you can approach it but to get it like spot on yeah. a CNC machine is is gold. I remember I used to work at a guitar factory in Canada, the airbase. Yeah. And they had their own way of doing the this is called a comp- compound radius. Yeah. So it starts yeah, off with one thing and then you kind of it goes up. to another. Yeah. And a flatter state, and a um, they had a special way of doing it, where they had uh, a shape of the compound cut out on a block, yeah. pretty big block, and then they connected it to belt sander. Yeah. And then they had that behind, you know, the belt in front of that template, yeah. and then they just pushed the neck onto it. Yeah. And that was after the after the um, uh, neck was attached to the body, so they had the whole guitar Shit. pushed against. <laughs> Pushed against the. Uh, uh, this is definitely better. Yeah, this is. Uh, <laughs> if you route it out, it'll be safer. Like, uh, I mean, to route the fretboards on my CNC, I think you know they're maybe twenty minutes. Yeah. And the neck is half an hour. The body is about an hour, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. What about the fretwork? The How long did that take you? Fretwork, yeah. It went actually quite fast. So the only annoying part was to bend it because like they're not the same bend, so you can't just press them in the same thing. No, you can't press them uh, at all. Can you? Did uh, you hammer them? Yeah, I don't remember actually. I think what because I had to ha- I 
bend them by hand just in a vice because oh, I didn't yeah. have anything else. Yeah. So, which is crappy because you get you know, you don't get a smooth uh, thing as 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 you know I would have liked. Right. Uh, and then after that, I hammered them in and just prayed that it worked out, and somehow it did. Yeah, yeah, but they're all in. Yeah, I uh, at that same factory, they they always used a hammer. We always used a hammer. Yeah, and uh, I mean, there's 20 frets on a guitar, and I hammered uh, frets on I think 22 or 23 guitars a day. Wow, yeah, shit. So that was and that included leveling them and yeah. doing the edges and yeah. stuff. It took about 20 minutes on each guitar. Yeah. That's about it, and yeah. you get pretty good with a hammer after a while. Yeah, and because I mean, there's no way of having the inserts so you can press this in a you know some kind of press when it's compound radius. Yeah, because then you have to have you have to have a compound compound uh, thing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. there's just no efficient way of doing it. So hammering was the was yeah. the way that they did it, and that I mean, that's pretty. You got pretty good at it after a while. Yeah, and this is an ash fretboard as well. No hickory. That's a hickory fretboard. Yeah, I see. Very cool. I like the big frets. Yeah. They're huge. Nicely no. done. So, yeah, it was really fun to do. Yeah. I got some help with the electric uh, electrics. But on it, so I also cut out um, the, the, how do I say, the plate. Yeah, the, the pickguard. Yeah, out yeah. of a solid piece of brass. Pretty neat. Because then you have your grounding and done at the same time, so you don't have to uh, coat it and stuff. Of course, yeah. But it added to the weight as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah this is well done. Yeah. I'm impressed. The only problem I can see here, if you wanted a, a lower string height. Yeah. Somebody else commented it today too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For me, it's fine. I don't do that much high soloing no, anyway. But, so but I got a uh, trick for you. You already did it, didn't you? Yeah, I shimmed it already. You yeah. shimmed it already. Yeah. But did you use a tapered shim? I made my own tapered shim, but it didn't work out that well. Oh, so uh, make another one and have yeah. it more of a taper, and then you'll be fine. Yeah, I do that all the time to fenders. Yeah. No, and that's quite common with fenders, anyways. And yeah, yeah. I think you can even uh, you can even order them pre. Sure, you can. Pre, yeah, so yeah, it doesn't take you very long to make them. I'm sure. No, it takes me half an hour. Yeah. Yeah, but this is really nice. I'm impressed. So thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Now I had a re. Uh, had a I have to shift the knobs there because I. I hacked them from another thing because I put on the plastic white ones, the traditional ones. Yeah. I don't like them, so I no. took them off yeah. again. So I have to. So I hacked this. I took this one off for my first guitar, which I completely spray painted at one point, and then oh, yeah. I sanded it all off again. So. Uh, oh, and then you also made the case here. Yeah. So this is a found case, and then I and then I just uh, put a piece of foam and cut out the shape for the Jazzmaster yeah, yeah, yeah. and put it in there. It yeah. Looks great. It fits perfectly. You see, I'm a cheap ass, so uh, I, I take what I have. Yeah. And what are those other holes for? Um, I got I got two pedals and for the cable, and uh, the other one is just for some small things or something. Yeah. 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 Cocaine yeah. and stuff. Probably. Stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, just a traveling yeah, goods. Yeah. yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Well so done. that's that. Yeah. And how did you find it? Hmm? Did you like it? Building I, it. I. I mean, I still love playing it. I mean, it, it really, uh, we talked about earlier what a guitar does for you. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I bought this Taylor Mini at some point mm. and, uh, I, you know, I really enjoy playing it. It's a beautiful, beautiful guitar. I really like the sound. And then, but when I got this one, I was like, oh shit, this is yeah. so much nicer. It and had so playing much... something you built, man. Yeah. It's something. There's something there, of there's course. Some... Yeah. How was that first chord? Yeah. 
That well, must have been special. Uh, no, not the first one. I think when I first had it in my studio and just you know get it to uh, on a proper amp and just play it. I think yeah. that's you know when I really when I was just sitting and just doodling on the guitar yeah. on my own. That I think that was really a yeah. cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. it's quite special the, the first moment when you put on especially on acoustics yeah when you, when you put on the strings because i mean at least at my level i don't really know what it's going to sound like until i put mm. strings on it mm. but i mean that just that feeling you i think that most people the first time they put on strings or something they built they're going to like it you yeah. know no matter what they what, what it, it sounds, sounds like. like yeah i've never heard of a guitar builder who makes an instrument because it's and then throws it away because it sounded bad. Yeah. Like I've never heard about that. No, but this was my question. You know, have you been disappointed at some point too when you build a guitar? Um, not when I've built them. Geometrically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> the angles and stuff aren't lining up, and yeah. then that's annoying because then you know the playability of the instruments has yeah. its limitations. But as far as sound, you, I think it's more more or less at least for your first builds impossible to be disappointed because yeah. you built it yeah. and it's amazing and it's a it's making a sound at all and just that yeah, in itself that's pretty, pretty pretty rad pretty cool but i um i had a, one moment when i was building a gypsy jazz guitar a couple of years ago one of my first and then i had gotten the angles of the neck all wrong uh. and then you know, I'm standing there with this done guitar that's, you know, been sitting around in the spray booth for three weeks drying, you know, and yeah. I'm just, you know, excited. And then I go to put the strings on and make a bridge for it. And the bridge is like, you know, seven millimeters high when Whoa. it's supposed to be 19. Oh, yeah, that's not enough. It's not <laughs> enough at all. So there's no break angle over it. So, you know, and then you got to improvise. And then so it took the neck back off and then put you know cut a new angle in the neck and had yeah. to add a tapered shim under the fretboard to get the angle i mean it works just fine and probably most people wouldn't have noticed no. that it had that going on but for me when when it's about guitars i enjoy the perfection of it yeah and if it's not perfect i you know i lose all interest yeah. in it and that goes for the so for the craft and for repair for that matter yeah if a customer comes in with a guitar that you know maybe he's on a budget or maybe you know there's some reason why i can't make it perfect yeah then i'm not so interested in it because it's no fun anymore for me no that's where the fun is yeah and i mean when we've we've done those um uh the jigs and then i've you yeah know, I've, built, been, I've been working with you and you we, you've been working yeah. on it and then we <laughs> I, I know uh, you know a little bit about I, how i was really funny that we we yeah when we were refining the curve of the of the gypsy guitar you know yeah. and we were I, how many times we redrew it like oh i don't know we spent really hours and hours just kind of yeah. tweaking like yeah because there's this weird thing that you know like a line is flowing as it should and, and yeah. there's you know like but to you know what we talked about earlier like how to how to put that on paper how yeah. to get that transfer that precise yeah that kind of uh, and it's almost perfection like it's, to yeah you. it's and by you know you're not working visually anymore you no. know at that point we printed out templates and then had to feel them for bumps and lumps yeah right? yeah you couldn't then, see them anymore no, no you couldn't no. see them and then when you build guitars with uh, um, solid wood yeah. you you bend them and it's you know somewhat all right and then you sand out all the lumps and bumps that's like the normal way to do it but when yeah. you're working with woods at 0.6 mils there's not much you know, sanding can't really, to do, no. No, no you can't really do any sanding 
so it has to come out just perfect yeah and then i mean we uh you worked on them i had my girlfriend work on them for a while and then you know they came out just you know perfect they were great and that's very satisfying because if they weren't i would probably not be so interested in building with it yeah exactly and 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 you know like the and we're talking about like not even tenths of millimeters here you know we're talking no, no. about negligible things nobody else would notice but no. but we're talking about the flow of a curve yeah. i mean that you can't see you just feel it with your hand yeah and which doesn't really matter in in the playing of the guitar but it no. matters in the building that's know? it yeah. yeah it matters in the bit and i'm i'm not good enough to be able to uh confidently predict what the guitar is going to sound like in the end mm. but I'm gonna when I build at least the handcraft is gonna be up to par. Yeah. Like it's not you know, and then it might I don't even care so much if it sounds bad if I don't yeah. like the sound. Yeah, as yeah. long as the handcraft is good. It's good, yeah. yeah. And so the I mean the the workmanship is the by far the most important thing for me. And whether or not somebody likes the sound afterwards is yeah. kinda of secondary to me. But then again, you know, somebody you know somebody you know, it, it's it, it's the perfect sound for someone. You know, yeah, ex- it and, is the perfect sound for someone, no matter what it's going to be. Yeah, that's the point. When you build something, you can you can. And I, but but I it. I do really believe that kind of this this kind of nerding over details, this kind of really uh, uh, you know that you actually care about, like you know things that you can't even see anymore, or can't yeah. even hear anymore. You know. That energy gets, I do believe, transferred in. In, in uh, I mean, I, I recognize it in, in in the arts as well, like in the fine arts as well. Is you know, when a work is good, when it really works, you know, mm-hmm. it has to do with these minute margins. Yeah, you know, where where things start to make sense because they start resonating with each other. Yeah, you know, and and they they have the right frequency to you know start to to uh to use like ephemeral language or whatever yeah. you want to say. Yeah and 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 that's also for me that's where it gets interesting. Yeah, because I don't I'm not interested in what everybody else can do. No. You know, I'm interested, okay, where where's my limits mm-hmm. and how can I push those limits further and further and further and uh, and uh, that's also why I build a guitar to see okay, can I build a guitar? Yeah. And, and can I build a decent guitar? You know, cause, uh, I'd say you can. <laughs> well, uh, I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah. And uh, uh, for a first guitar, it's not bad. And not uh, and there will be more. You know, like uh, yeah. there's another jazz master I'm planning. Yeah. I I had two jazz master plans, but I ruined the third one. Okay. Yeah. And that was because, you know, deep down I didn't like the wood I used for the body. Yeah. And then you know, there's these all these. Yeah. Things I didn't bad. use that that kind of extra attention, so I just broke it and yeah. it's gone. Yeah, well, that, yeah. If you don't, brilliant. If you don't feel passionately about, uh, it's the, not going to happen. Yeah. No, yeah. that's the thing, and that's prob- that's probably true for the players too. Hmm. You know, the uh, I heard this other luthier podcast where this guy I can't remember his name, but he was talking about, you know, if you bought a guitar from a luthier, you know, who spent two hundred and fifty hours building it, you know. Hmm. Uh, but the dude's an asshole then you're probably not going to get so excited about the guitar either you know mm. if the if the builder is not a, doesn't it's, seem like a nice guy then why would you yeah because yeah, the magic is kind of gone mm. you know so that matters too yeah. you know yeah, it does so mm. 
But the tricky part is that you you, know, you can't measure it. You can't kind of put a you know kind of a, a, a yeah. You can only put vagaries on it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, that's super cool. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Mm. So um, yeah, I don't want to know how many guitars have you built so far. Oh. I mean, I built five in school, I think, and yeah. then I built probably I don't know. Ten half-made ones that yeah. I've, where I've just stopped at the in the middle of a process. Yeah. Because maybe I lost interest in it, or maybe I usually I find like with when we're working on the jigs, I'm kind of obsessed with making a perfect jig. Yeah. And then when I have it, it's kind of I'm in a rush to build with it. Yeah. In a way, it's like that. So yeah, it's I, just like, yeah, but I, I know that, that I can. Yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's sitting there and it's perfect, and you know I can. Uh, the the urgency is gone. Urgency right? is a bit gone. But I would I would like to rephrase that differently. It's it's not that the urgency is gone, but what I do believe is because I have the same problem with art as well. Like I have projects which I've been working on for ten years, mm -hmm. which are still lying still. I'm gonna finish them, but they're not ripe yet. Right. And a jig, it has to it has to acclimate, acclimate like yeah. a good wine, you know. Yeah. You have to open up and it has to breathe the air and has to kind of sit there. And then suddenly you wake up one day and before you know it, you're using it because yeah. you know there's suddenly that inner need to use it. And yeah. and that's how I, I I learn to see these things. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't mind having like these things like like for example, I was today I was in the studio and. I'm working on this series of collages, like eight pieces, and um, and today I shuffled things around because I I needed to know because I I didn't have enough. So what I do is like I have these several layers where I print on plexiglass with images. Okay. And then I, you know, put them together and they turn into these kind of more than images. Yeah. And uh, I thought I had to reprint four or five p plates to make it work. Yeah. But then today I reshoveled everything and suddenly I only need to print it one. Right. You know, and uh, so you uh, took a break from it and then you came back. And yeah. So yeah. I've been working on them with them for a year now. Yeah. You know, they've been in the studio for a year. Just hanging out. Hanging out, and then yeah. you know they, and and all of a sudden then I have them done in a day or two. Yeah. Uh, or or a week or whatever it is. You know? Yeah. But. Um, it's not me who decides when I know when it's ready you know? and, and that takes some something to leave that up to you mm -hmm. know time and trust that you will be get back to it you yeah. know and there's no urgency to finish it yeah and that you know that that's so true in the repair stuff that I do mm -hmm. because in repair yeah, if you if you rush it it's gonna go yeah that's haywire. right and yeah. then sometimes you know you're you're doing something and then um, you know maybe you're taking a neck off Mm. the guitar like you did when I like came I did, in yeah <laughs> and then maybe the heel broke off yeah. which can happen yeah and then you have suddenly you know a two-piece neck um, <laughs> which you didn't attend and then the, my instinct is I want to glue it on right away I mm. want to I want to fix this right away so yeah. the fuck I can pretend like the fuck up never happened yeah you know that's what I want I want to clash it together and then but then if usually when you and you do that you're left with a poor result because yeah. you rushed something yeah. or something didn't go right or the glue yeah. wasn't warm enough or whatever and then but then if you go home and just leave it if you can walk away from it yeah then suddenly you think of an idea that 
you know oh, even if i do it like that then, yeah yeah then it's gonna if be i use this clamp with that that glue maybe ah, maybe i'll get exactly a and you don't even have to actively think about no, it no. You, can, you can just think about something else and then suddenly you'll have this image of a jig or image of a you yeah. know, plan on how to fix it yeah. and it comes out perfect and that happens so many times but i have a really hard time stepping away from the work yeah. because there's a sense of urgency in fixing yeah, something. Yeah, but that, this is very no normal. I mean, yeah. I brought you some more jigs today, you know, the rosette yeah. jigs, mm. which I rushed and I broke them. Mm. And the same with the sanding jigs. I made them three times as well. And, oh, yeah. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> that's how it goes, you know, and yeah. uh, and it has to do with, okay, I wasn't in the right state of mind yeah. you know, where, where I shouldn't have done them. Right. Mm. But then there's this urgency or this kind of, you know, whatever it is, what, yeah. you know, and, and you do them and you... Uh, and that's also a thing I, th I think I learned through time is that okay if that happens it just happens you just do it again yeah you, know? you just do it again and yeah. that that is something that you have to train yourself to okay if I have to do it 10 times I have to do it 10 times yeah and that's valuable yeah you know I don't beat myself up about it I say mm. oh great no. oh that's why it went wrong yeah and you recognize yeah why yeah you should have left it alone yeah, yeah. And which is exactly what happened when I was doing the first uh, or one I probably laminated I don't know 15 sides with the jigs already yeah and every something has been fucked up every time yeah um, the lamination part is usually fine but then one you know a couple times the the inner ply cracked or something mm. or then but what's more common is that that part goes perfectly and then I stick it in the working mold yeah. and then I do this other part and then I'm presented with a new problem yeah, and then it's like, oh, that didn't work out, or oh, that angle was ended up wrong, yeah. and then, um, and then I just throw the whole thing away, and yeah. then I restart it, which yeah. is which is the way I like to work yeah. because you know, if something I you know we're talking on the inside of the guitar here, the angle of the neck block, yeah. which has to have a f between a four and a five degree angle on the Selmer guitars, yeah, to kind of blend, cut away into the neck or whatever, and then. Uh, if the angle inside the guitar uh, on the neck block inside the guitar doesn't seem straight on the other side yeah then that annoys me yeah. so you know if you look into the sound hole with a flashlight fun. you know at the third face of the moon then <laughs> you might just see it you know yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. for me the, you know, no no the guitar it's, is done. No, it's it's not yeah restart yeah. so um but that's you know it's uh, you have to commit to that you know yeah and then the trick is to you know accept that it's not going to be right the first times because mm. you want it to be right so bad and so you use the extra fine piece of wood or you, yeah, use, you know whatever yeah. but it's going to get messed well, up well this time. is the thing i i learned the hard way many times is that because uh, i uh, i work without margins mm -hmm. Which is not a very smart thing to do. I mean, it's it's sometimes cost-effective, but mostly it's just kind of a, you know, a same with this one. You know, this is I often put like the the piece of wood in the machine before I've tried right. out everything. You know, and yeah, uh, you know, I even cut like <clears throat> for for this exhibition I did did now I cut out a stone floor. Okay. Um, I could have made like a mock-up in styrofoam, which would have taken me like an hour. Mm -hmm. I did that, 
when I had the floor ready because I was making the packing crates. Right. <laughs> where I cut them out and suddenly I said, oh shit. Yeah, I could have. <laughs> I could have done that really fast and yeah. I figured it out like, and, and luckily, luckily uh, it worked out. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's a ridiculous gamble. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, so I, I, I'm starting to test more. I started to enjoy testing more. I think that's the thing. I found, I found enjoyment in testing much more than I did before. And, and uh, like what you do it's like oh you, you try it oh it doesn't work throw it away yeah. next one next one next one and and uh, uh, but I'm I'm always under such ridiculous time pressure right you know, w with family jobs and art career and sure and what else needs to be done so yeah. uh, you know guitar guitar makers who oh. hassle me about jigs and shit so. yeah yeah <laughs> annoying and nagging you about <laughs> certain flow of lines <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. no so so uh, uh no so testing is is yeah i mean this tinkering that's really how you get in the end really interesting results yeah because in the end i think also i mean for you maybe if uh, you'll correct me if i'm wrong you know when you have such a, a, a um, intolerant attention span yeah you know if it's not after your specs you throw it away yeah. you know? mm. Um, that also kind of implies the opposite when you have all these specs in order and you have your setup as you wanted yeah suddenly you know you, you come in this flow of production as well right you know? yeah where where suddenly in a year you might build a hundred guitars right because everything is yeah exactly how I wanted and, mm. and that that I would be very interesting uh, interested to see yeah. yeah but I mean I I would love to, like now that I have the lamination jig, I would love to just, you know, laminate 50 sides mm -hmm. and just have them stored. Mm -hmm. And then you can get yeah. to it whenever you want and yeah. just do, you know, one step at a time. And yeah. then suddenly you suddenly you know, you're doing ding, production. Ding, ding. Yeah. yeah. You can get pretty efficient at guitar building yeah. if that's your goal. Yeah, and that's you know? of course the other thing. Is, is that your goal? Yeah. That's and the... then you got to ask, you know, what do you enjoy about the work? Mm -hmm. So... Is it the what you're left with, or is it the process you enjoy, or yeah. there's some guys who make these things with, you know, just hand tools, for example. Yeah, and shitty hand tools at that sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. or you know, so then you um, maybe you enjoy the process of working only with the hand tools, and mm -hmm. then that's fine. But it, um, but I mean, it, it it depends on what part of it you enjoy, and I guess I'm not quite settled. On yeah. what part of it I enjoy the perfection part of it yeah um, but I don't care so much about the finished res it's not like yeah. I'm gonna I'm excited to see it in the hands of amazing players like no. it's not that's the motivation for some people mm. you know and but I, I couldn't care less about that I just want to make something that you know will outlive me by hundreds of years and then yeah that's at least somebody will say like Lars, you made a. Oh, this Lars like, Darling, know. yeah. They sound like they sound horrible, uh, but they look really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, no, but yeah, that's yeah, absolutely to kind of find your motivation and your your drive. I mean, I'm still working at that. I don't know. Yeah, it changes too all the time. You know? Exactly, you come, it's not a static thing. Not at all. No. I mean. Like, uh, you know, I, I change every three, three years. I almost change strategy or, mm. or thinking or, or, or cause then, 
then I don't build furniture, then I do build furniture next to my art practice, then I then I only gonna do you know, then I work on installations for three years and then I don't work on installation for three years, just on collages or yeah. you know, just you know, or then I think oh it's really important to work with galleries and then I do that for a while and then I think oh I I might have to get into like know institutions yeah uh, whatever 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 kind of pulls your fancy and and all that is just to try out try and feel try and feel try and figure out make baby steps and suddenly you know i'm after what you after too is that you have this that you have this flow or you know, this idea of yeah this this is where you where you belong so to say yeah yeah mm. Mm. Well, that's the hardest i guess yeah mm. it is but um, yeah, I'm. I I fill my days with repair mostly, yeah. and that always repairs are fun in a way. Building isn't so; it's always new stuff all the time. Yeah, and it's if, problem solving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you know, it's also customers are different, mm. so you know you got to adjust your techniques and stuff to yeah. who you're dealing with yeah. too. Um, yeah. So that presents a challenge in a different way, which is. I find is, you know, uh, keeps me interested yeah. in luthery yeah. because it's always different. If you're making production guitars, I mean, at some point you're able to make them really efficiently and probably really well. Yeah. Um, but um, but then you just what, where's the enjoyment yeah. there anymore? For me, there's no enjoyment in that anymore. Yeah. So I would, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with my situation now where I do mostly repair yeah. and then I tinker with some with the, building on, yeah. the, on the side yeah. and i actually enjoy the repair probably more than i enjoy the building yeah so um yeah yeah, yeah for for me if if i would be a luthier i think for me the i would actually enjoy this kind of setting up this super efficient thing but that would also mean that I would have a setup where where others would do the production mm -hmm. and i would do the tinkering and refining and improving the systems and stuff like yeah. that yeah because I, I do enjoy that but uh, yeah it's hard to f figure out because you know one day you wake up and think, oh that's that's it you know i i only want to repair the next day well, ah, yeah i want to i want to make i want to yeah you know and it switches also you know? yeah and you gotta go with it you know if if you wake up feeling like you want to build then go that's build. what you yeah. that's what you got to do and then but i'm yeah mostly i'm happy with the with the um, with the repairs it just mm. it's always different mm. and it's always you know f and you're dealing with you know sometimes you're dealing with pieces of history right and you're taking stuff apart and then you see inside the guitar you can see so many choices yeah that people have made yeah you know the builder and then you see the choices of some repairs and then you see yeah, do, do you recognize like luthier's thinking or do you kind of hear the thoughts through through these things of other people kind of yeah, well, you can where kind they of cut corners or where they. You know, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, you can you can see where where they cared and where they didn't care, but you never see the reasons for it, right? Yeah. You don't know why, you know why did you squirt gorilla glue here? Yeah, you know I <laughs> I see there's gorilla glue, but I don't know why it yeah. is. And then I tend to lean a little bit towards the side of. You know, I don't know what what it was. Maybe it was a good reason for yeah. it. So and I'm not. It was the only glue available, and there were. You know, yeah, or the maybe concert it was, was around the corner. Yeah, or maybe you couldn't afford it, and then yeah. you your grandpa did it. You know, yeah. who knows? Yeah. So it's kind of 
so the the history of of the stuff you see inside the especially the old repairs yeah is very interesting because yeah. then you can see you know you can see techniques developing you yeah. know in the 70s 60s and 70s people would just they didn't care so much yeah you know about like you know it's got to be perfect and look nice on the inside too yeah you know and but None now that, yeah. now yeah. you have to be kind of anal about that stuff yeah. because you know there's internet and everybody you know if yeah, you snap yeah. a picture of it and post it to forum you can put your phone in the in the guitar now you yeah, know, and yeah take a picture take you a picture do that before, yeah exactly no? so you've yeah. got to care about that stuff but back in the 60s and 70s i mean you would just you know oh you got a crack in your you know let's put some epoxy in that because that'll glue it up that holds it right yeah that holds it especially with guitars that's true i don't know how true it is for violin and stuff because they always seem to have a bit of a heightened position and uh -huh. when it comes to instruments and yeah. a certain decadence associated with them but um but um with guitars is mine you see a lot of grandpa repairs and yeah you know yeah, i can people do it themselves i guess also. Yeah, yeah fix it them. some sure. people yeah. can fix it themselves and then you know who am i to judge i mean you, you have and it add, but it adds also to the character of the instrument i think you know, yeah. all these the, all the history all the yeah yeah and uh, uh, there's a big discussion in this kind of restoring of artworks as well right should you should you i heard a story of of um like an artist made an artwork and you know like a decade later kind of something's broke and uh the artist got it and was going to do the fix and he freshened up the whole thing right and basically destroyed his own work that yeah way. yeah because you know it became like a new work but it yeah. it, it wasn't the old work anymore yeah. because you know i mean he cleaned it up or whatever he did but uh and there's something to say for that you know kind of the the patina or the sure the story is is as, as important. I mean, the same goes for architecture. You know, kind of how how far do you restore, and what what do you restore? What do you uh, yeah? What do you what do you leave uh, as a part of the natural? And how do you leave it? Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, that you deal with that all the time when you in guitar repair, mm -hmm. especially imagine, with yeah. finish work. Yeah. I mean, if you have an old guitar with a you know certain kind of finish checking, for example, or a yeah. certain kind of you know, sure you can strip the paint and then just put new on. But, but ooh, yeah. I mean, yeah. but I, I, th I thought about it with my guitar because I already have a couple of chips which fell off and stuff. And, yeah. And I, you know. But when do you say stop? That's no, the question, you know. And I, I would say, you know, no, I like those chips off. You know, that's, yeah. I, I enjoy that patina already now when, yeah. you know, it's new and it's already patinated. You know? Yeah. And, and it will continue. It'll, right? Yeah. That's, that's like the natural life of the instrument. It'll. Yeah it'll crack and you'll spill beer on it and then the finish will dissolve and you'll yeah. you know there's just there's so many i have a guitar hanging right here yeah which is you can get for probably 250 kroners at a flea market yeah and the guy is this was his grandpa's guitar yeah and he's a folk singer yeah. and he uh he came in with it because he wants to play his grandpa's guitar yeah or grandpa's yeah. guitar and he's spending tons of dough fixing this up to make it playable yeah. and it's so cool but here's a guitar that it was never built to be taken apart no you can say that's the difference between violins and guitars yeah they... violins are constructed in a way you can take all the plates off without yeah. you know much of a problem and then put it back on and yeah. they're okay with guitars you have to disassemble the whole thing yeah and so they're not kind of built for that 
so this guitar is certainly not built to be repaired. No. And then, you know, I got all these challenges with it. But, um, but he was very worried when he came in about me not um, fixing any dents or fixing any, you know, finish stuff yeah. or any pick marks or anything because those were his grandpa's yeah pick marks. He, yeah of course for sure yeah yeah and that's yeah, yeah, that's super so, important I, yeah. I would probably never do it anyway but uh for uh-huh. I, I understand the reasoning behind that so much because sentimental you know, mental value is is uh, shouldn't be underestimated no sure. i have i have a friend who he bought a really expensive guitars uh he bought a, a guitar for in tons of dough and the first band practice he went to um he plays in a bluegrass band and he had a banjo player in front of him yeah. and he was strumming along and then he says something to the banjo player and the banjo player turns, turns around, around and crashes his banjo yeah, into, it, yeah. into the top of the guitar uh, so this perfect and this is a really nice callings guitar which is yeah, like yeah. top-notch uh work and then he crashes into it with this ugly just round <laughs> ugly dent right and then what do you do with that like uh-huh. are you the first cut is certainly the deepest uh, and you know but that's a story right there yeah that first you know and then that's banjo too, tuner know. that went into the top yeah, of the guitar yeah. and i you know you can fix it and it it'll look okay or you just leave it and that was the first one and there's more to come yeah. and there's it's gonna crack and yeah. it's gonna you know it's gonna do all that stuff here yeah. yeah for sure so mostly when people care about the aesthetics of it it's usually because the guitar is pretty new to them yeah and they don't yeah i mean if you just if you just it, you know if you just bought a guitar and you bump it into something and you gotta you know you're just gonna nip in it you know and uh, but i think the worst look that you can have on that probably goes for art and architecture too if it looks like it was repaired yeah i think that's a worse look than if it looks like it was worn yeah you know so you, you can touch it up and then it'll be better but you know at a certain yeah. angle you'll still see the that yeah. it's been repaired you see yeah. this like little super glue thing yeah so it. either it has to be flawless or it has to be yeah yeah exactly I, I run in that too with 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 um, you know the show i did now like already uh some of the sculpture elements were dented or you know they need to be repainted yeah you know and uh, uh i set it up so it can be easily repainted back to its its but at a certain point you know you know the, the specific paint won't be available anymore the you know and then it will acquire more and more patina yeah right? and and there's a breaking point where where you don't where you don't repair yeah already you know redo anymore right? yeah although there's some elements you always can redo and you can you know you can put that also in in the you know in whatever contract you have with mm-hmm. you have a museum buys a piece and say okay that one needs to be repaired like that yeah you know and or that needs to be painted like that or whatever whatever it is yeah so you you can specify these things as well is that how it works yeah but uh but that's very specific and then you can specify all you want but then they still have to do it yeah you know? and eh, uh, they are the budget they are the time they, yeah, yeah. Eh, they don't care they yeah they don't dare or they think you're wrong or, yeah. <laughs> and you could be wrong you know? yeah so who knows and yeah. you know new technology come around and yeah you don't know how the future is going to judge it either so no. i mean if you look at i'm sure after after stradivari built his violins like 40 years after that 
I'm sure there were these repair guys who were pretty eager to just repaint it because it's, mm -hmm. you know, for some reason. Yeah, because that's what you did in the day. You know? yeah, yeah, and that's true with guitars too, you know, you just... You go through phases, you know, where you, things yeah. are okay. And now, if you, you know, in the in the 80s, you would take a Les Paul from the 50s and you'd mm -hmm. be like, oh, you want to flow draws tremolo system let me bring out the router mm -hmm. and then you do that and, and what now you, you didn't pay know, half a million now you gotta yeah. pay more more than yeah. that you know so now you pay a ton of dough for these guitars and the people who did that are you know yeah shamed forever shamed forever <laughs> so oh, yeah it's such a noise gibson yeah. i put a router to it now yeah. it's worthless yeah exactly so you never know so i, I try to treat you know all guitars with that respect even you know most guitars probably won't end up being worth a million, but some are. And I don't. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy. That's my mantra. I don't yeah. want to be the guy. Yeah. You don't want to be the guy. No. I don't want to be the guy. Oh. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But that's also uh, or an art. Like the artist is probably often the person who who handles his work or her work the worst. Is that the same true with? A luthier, kind of his own guitars. Do you? How do you treat your guitars? Well, horribly. It's mm. like uh, that was know, my point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know that uh, expression? Expression? The you know the shoemaker's yeah, yeah, kid yeah. or the baker's kid? It was on the tip kid. of my tongue. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, and it's for, I stress humidity to yeah. my customers. Yeah. So they avoid cracks in their guitars. But I mean, at home. I it's dry care. as hell it's, yeah it's well i don't care yeah. i don't care probably partly because i know i can fix it but mm. also because i'm i mean i mean I, I, my stuff is in pretty good condition but there's you know i could be more nerdy about that stuff for sure yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but I, but that that has has more to do with habits more than anything else sure it yeah it's integrated into your habit yeah because i uh like I have no respect for my guitar, really. I mean, uh, like my first guitar, as I said, I spray painted it, like and had stickers on, and of course, mm. you know, stickers on. But I spray painted the fretboards. Oh yeah. Which I found out wasn't so nice to play with. Not so <laughs> nice. No. But now you have this kind of not this factory look anymore. Yeah. Which I really like. Cool. Know? Yeah. And uh, I don't. I hardly play it anymore because you know it hangs next to this one, and then I'll. Oh, yeah, pick up. I'll pick up this one. Yeah, but it still has this sentimental value. Yeah, you know? this is where I started playing when I was fifteen, screaming yeah. and and, and uh, you know that on that machine on that instrument I learned to play. Yeah, and, uh, and there's only one instrument who did that. Yeah, yeah. you can't rebuy that. Mm. I my first guitar was a Epiphone Firebird, which I bought used off of my. Um, guitar teacher yeah i was looking looking up to him at the time he yeah, was like yeah. the he knew how to play you know i could ask him you know can you play that metallica tune and then yeah just, he, know, could he, he could do that play thing. anything <laughs> and then uh i or my dad bought me that guitar um, um and it's kind of gone through a journey with me because i learned to play on it obviously but then after that i kind of learned to fix guitars yeah. on it too yeah. so now it's sitting in my hometown without a fretboard yeah because i took it off you took it off for sure and yeah. i took it off with a chisel uh so <laughs> it's not so pretty <laughs> but that was um, uh, so it's kind of been on this gym the following my development you know going yeah. from guitar playing to repair or oh, more sure. i don't know how much repair it, it was less repair and more you know destroy yeah but um 
But one day I'll put a fretboard back on that guitar and it'll be, you know, playable again. Playable again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's fun. Yeah. And I think this disregard for instrument is, is yes, but that comes together with, you know, I can fix it. Yeah. You know, that, that part is really kind of essential. Well, it's kind of, I know I can fix it, so uh, I don't, yeah. yeah. Although I also forget that I can fix it. You know, I think like, I look at the guitar I built, like, did I build that? Mm-hmm. How, how, how can I do that? Yeah. I, do you still have that feeling that you? Well, I, I don't know. The process is so long and yeah. gradual. So it doesn't feel like one portion of time anyway. So for me, it's kind of like you do this little part and then you do this little part another day in between some repairs and then you glue this on mm. and suddenly you're standing there with the done guitar and how did that get there you yeah. know so yeah. Yeah, but that's what i mean that suddenly you have the playable guitar and you think like, hey did uh, i make that when, yeah. when when and how what yeah yeah, yeah yeah where yeah well yeah it's a little like that mm. it's a little bit like that that's fun yeah yeah <laughs> especially when, when guitar magically appear appear yeah. that's wonderful <laughs> uh, that's sweet yeah. yeah cool all right um Uh, what was on my mind? As I said, I'm a bit rusty as well. Oh, well, no worries. Cheers, then. Cheers, man. Very nice. Yeah. Mm. You have a wonderful shop. I really, I like. If there's one thing I, I, and what I enjoy most is like people's workspaces. Yeah. It's but the real ones, not the not not an like an office desk. Although they're interesting too, but like really where you, you know, where it becomes an extension of who you are. Yeah, sure. I think that's uh, and your work habits too. I mean, you can. Mm -hmm. It's kind of um, when I when when the shop was built, it kind of you made you put everything exactly where you want it to be, and then you know the super glue goes here. Yeah. The hide glue goes up here, and then all my stains go up here. Yeah. And then you start working, and then for th- after three weeks, I mean, things, things have changed are place. Different, yeah. Things are different, uh, you know. And you find, oh, maybe those I use these things so often, so they should be over here. Yeah. And then you, you know, the the shop is kind of shaped to how you work, yeah. and that's kind of nice. This too. is super interesting because because I have I have this thing in my shop too that the tool I need is exactly there where I need it when I need it. Hmm. That's interesting. That's the yeah. opposite of I, what I have. And that, but it, this is also years of 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 fine tuning that where yeah. where you know the tools find their place where they're needed. Yeah. And and the funny thing is when you produce, you know, you think you're wild all over the place, but yeah. there's actually rhythms and yeah and and uh, uh, repetitions and stuff like that. And a specific task always kind of accumulates around a certain area. Yeah. And so in that certain area, this this tool is. Yeah. But then I shuffle up my workshop or my studio a bit again, and then you know it takes the time for the tools to settle again. Yeah. But it does. Settle. The tools gotta settle. That's yeah. kind of cool. I have this. Um, I have this. Uh, these drawers over here. Yeah. Which is probably the stupidest thing I ever bought because I I can't I I'm not responsible enough to have drawers. No, nobody is. No. In, so in drawers, things go to die. Yeah. Exactly. So. But I do notice that whenever I need a thing, it's always in my 
top drawer. <laughs> that's not the probably, second, not the third, not the fourth. No, it's only oh. top drawer is certainly the most popular. So, you know, whenever I'm done with something and I don't know where to put it, it ends up in the top drawer. Yeah. And then whenever I can't find something that I don't use every day, it's always in my top drawer. Yeah. So really I could get I could get away with one drawer. Yeah. And that's where all my mess is. It's in the drawer. And I'm kind of okay with that. I can yeah, live with a mess yeah. in there. But mm. I, I usually like to keep a pretty tidy shop. Yeah, you have a you have a super tidy organized shop. I yeah. mean I'm I'm quite impressed. Yeah, you, you yeah, you're still you still haven't been to my uh, studio, but uh, you should come I over. I would love yeah. to come for a visit. It was smart that we did the podcast here today. So yeah. It's a bit easier logistically, but uh, right. Well, it's like, show me your workshop and I'll tell you who you are, uh, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. You're a messy piece You're of shit. You're a schizophrenic, <laughs> messy piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a lot of stuff. Oh, I yeah. really, uh, like, I'm, I, I really look at your shop and because it's actually divided in two zones. There's another, yeah. another LTA on the other side. So you have half the shop and you, I'm, I'm just flabbergasted how you can survive with so little tools. Yeah, I mean that's that's something that I um, that you kind of figure out after a while, because I mean everybody will try to sell you everything. So and there's always a smarter way to do something. Mm. But then you have to calculate the time it took you to find the perfect tool for that. But you could have done it with another tool in the yeah. meantime. And I think and, and often it means just be better with that one tool. You know, if you have yeah. the skill, if you develop your your sawing skills you know yeah you have exactly. a good saw you don't need that special jig to make no. a special cut yeah exactly so i do i don't have that many tools and um you're not the first person to comment that mm. i've heard that before but it's yeah i mean i moved in between norway and canada for you know, for a while so i had to get rid of some you, tools over there yeah you could then, you could take all your tools in a in a suitcase i would say yeah yeah i probably yeah. could I mean, um, I'm, this summer I'm doing a couple festivals, so I'm going to be uh, in the backstage area fixing oh, nice. guitars of musicians, which is a, That's a nice wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a wonderful thing to do. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure I could fit all the tools I would need in a suitcase. Yeah. And that's kind of, uh, yeah, you just get amazing, yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I, I say this half admiration and half confusion. Because... <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like uh, well, I. Uh, that's also, I think, the advantage of of you, you specialize. What you said already. You know, I'm interested in guitars and guitars only, mm. right? Building or building these kind of instruments, and uh, uh, you know, for me, I do so many different things. Yeah, I do. I have. I I practice about ten professions at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So I need a lot of different kind of things. You know. Mm. And, I don't. I don't feel I have that many tools, but I. I do have. <laughs> I do have a bit more. Yeah. Well, it's easy to get the tool obsession, right? Was, I love tools, but I yeah. also found out that there's a there's a breaking point. At a certain time point, you have so much tools that the maintenance of the tools is starting to eat up your time. Right. So there's this balance where you have enough tools, you can yeah. do everything you want as smooth as possible. Yeah. And as little tools as not, uh, as possible, so you don't have to just maintain your tools. Right. Buying, is... buying sandpapers, you know, kind of cleaning up whatever you broke or... Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And if I have only one chisel, then I would spend all my time sharpening it. Yeah. You know, but if you have three, yeah. you know, you yeah. maybe... 
I did it last time. There's this uh, mythical story about this guy who built a guitar with a Swiss army knife. Yeah, was all no, you had. should do that. Yeah, Could be, yeah, I mean, you can get pretty far with a knife. Probably had like the biggest, biggest one with a chainsaw in there. <laughs> a little fold-up bandsaw, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, use a Swiss army knife. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. All right, yeah. sure you do. I say urban legends. Yeah. No, but it, uh, like I was, I, I'm, I'm a complete tool addict. I would say. Yeah. I really, I really enjoy tools. I'm starting to make more and more of my own tools as well. So what I'm working on now is building my own CNC machine. Wow. So it, it sounds like well, wow, it's not that complicated. No, I mean, but nothing is if you know it. Yeah, and that, and that's the point. You know, it's the same. It's the same mentality behind building a guitar. It's like okay, build a build a scene. There's millions of people out who build a CNC machine yeah of course I want to up it a bit I want to have like you know I, I'm probably going to do two builds like okay. an open source one yeah like you know where where uh, I actually know the people who developed the one mm-hmm. uh, from Felisvex that oh yeah they, uh, they've they been developing this together with other people this Humphrey CNC machine okay which is milled out of MDF and aluminium mm-hmm. and all the parts are milled and, and, and stuff like that so I want to give a go at that just to see how it is but I also uh, want to make a proper high end like a uh, big ass machine oh shit and uh, they're going to be for sale Fredo huh? are they going to be for sale they're going to be for me <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if it works out really well you know who knows maybe I'll, I'll start a production somehow sure there are these guitar specific CNC machines have you heard of these uh, it's called a plec machine they, uh-huh. have, they have one job they're uh, leveling frets yeah that's what they do uh-huh. so they have this machine that uh, measures the fret height yeah and then also how much the neck is bowing yeah and then it calculates in the ideal um, ideal uh, fret level all right yeah so, because you don't on in the guitar neck, you want you don't want necessarily want it to be completely straight. You want it yeah. to have a little bit of an arch, and yeah. a certain kind of arch you want too. Yeah. And this machine can kind of calculate get that, that in, and then you put the guitar into the machine, and then it reads all the fret heights, and then it levels them to the right arch, and then it crowns rounds them off, yeah. and then smooth them out, and yeah. then yeah, and, and they, they use them at all the big factories. Yeah, yeah. But uh, German yeah, engineering, German engineering, and one one trick pony. Yeah, and I'm not into the one trick ponies. I mean, this this that's why I admire your tool world because all these tools make sense. You know, they're not. Right. They're. I mean, there's probably a couple one trick ponies, but not. No. You know, n- not like the one trick ponies which do. Yeah, which do like a non-essential job right you know because you have these yeah but out on the wall I only have stuff that I use every day so I yeah. think I touch most of the categories of tools here every day yeah I think that's uh, I think the ones that I use the least are the files there yeah but but files are super essential but yeah you don't you suddenly use them a lot and then you don't use them yeah that's right but I bought this it's about this other file, which is called a razor file. Yeah. Are you aware of these? Uh, maybe. Um, they're quite special. You try to cut a little bit in the workbench with it. At a, you've got to have a certain angle on it. And then it suddenly... Yeah, this is a cut. This 
this cut looks. Uh, uh, there's one one um, uh, baco. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fowl, which is a white one. Right. Which is special special for woodworking. Uh -huh. You don't get it everywhere. Right. I got it from this specialty woodworking shop in the Netherlands, and and I really like that. And that reminds me of this cut. Yeah, it's yeah. quite special. And then if you try to shave with it, it it, it works almost like. Um, Almost like uh, you know a million razor blades, yeah. And it just cut cut off these shavings, which wow, I find are just beautiful, yeah. ideal uh -huh. for cutting bone. Uh -huh. And I use a yeah. lot of bone. I put yeah. it on an angle and then I cut bone. Yeah. And these beautiful shavings come off. Yeah. And it's a, just a wonderful file to work with. Yeah. Really, really that's nice. Beautiful. And then that's taken over the work of probably four or five other files that I have. And that's what you want. You want to yeah. have a tool which is because the same as I have one Japanese saw. I right. use it for everything. Yeah, I even used it when I was making like a decking around a hot tub, and I right. I used it to cut curves. Yeah, I mean Japanese files are amazing. And the sauce. Then, yeah, sauce. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Files too. Oh yeah, files. Yeah. <laughs> All about the files now, but yeah. the Japanese sauce—they're. I mean, and I have wonderful. I have one uh, Ryobi, I think it's and oh, it's yeah. like this fold-out one. Mm -hmm. I have actually two. I have one hard bag and one soft bag, but I use the soft bag for everything. Yeah. They're great. I don't even know if it's cross or 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 or, or along the grain yeah. cut thingy, whatever you have. Yeah. But it's yeah. I use it for everything. I'm not a sauce nub, so I uh, uh, no, but I, I have I have a lot of sauce. Yeah. I think I have. I did some. The nicest saw I have is a, a Bridge City Tool oh, saw yeah. table. Oh, well, that's really nice. Which is a Japanese saw as a. So it's a hand toss a saw table. Really? Yes. I've never even heard of this. No. I'll, I'll show you. Yeah, you gotta show me that. Yeah. I'll show. Yeah, yeah. That and that tool, it's probably the tools which is my expensive, most expensive hand tool which I use the least. But I, every time yeah. I use it, I'm happy using mm. it. <laughs> That's what it's. So it's uh, yeah. Cool. Now I, I lost count of how many types of saws I have. It's really, really ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, tools, I love them. Yeah. I just love them. Yeah. And so that's also, but, but not, not only you, you have little tools, but you have just little stuff in general, yeah. which makes sense, you know, when you build guitars, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit more of a hoarder. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not into that at no. all. I uh, need to really have it clean around me yeah. too. It's like it confuses my head to have a mess around me. So then I, I think I do shittier work if, yeah. um, if it's a mess, yeah, but, but you know, there's. I think there's like that's really just the type you are, I guess. You yeah, because I'm I get completely calm if it's chaos. Right, I don't, I don't mind that at all. No, it it. Uh, People are different that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I really appreciate like a shop like this where it's yeah. I mean, aesthetically, there. it's pretty. You yeah, know, it's pretty nice. It's super important. You know? Yeah, yeah. This is a, this is probably the place where you spend most of your time. Yeah, certainly. You know? Yeah. I, that's it. So yeah. why wouldn't that be beautiful? Yeah. yeah, I mean when you're doing this kind of work, you work all the time. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Um, is there something you have deeply on your heart which you no. need to get out? Oh. oh, I don't think so. I mean, we did. We haven't talked that much about jungle or gypsy music. No. But I don't know. Maybe there's not that much to talk about. Not no. I mean, I can't contribute with any new information there. I I mean, 
I can probably say a little bit about why I like. Yeah, because that, that that has been your entrance into into guitar. No, into guitar making or no. Actually, it wasn't. It was uh, other stuff that got me into it, but that came after. Yeah. And then I, I like to think that normal Western guitars, if you imagine, they have strings going in into the bridge. Yeah. And into the top, yeah. and then they kind of pull the top up yeah. upwards and yeah. trying to twist it and then you have to put an x brace inside the guitar to stop that twisting motion yeah um that's kind of a it's a construction that isn't so sustainable yeah because that constant pressure disforms the top yeah. so the the top kind of ends up with all these you know little um divots and mm. you know belly distortions yeah. distortions yeah, yeah. But the, the Gypsy Jazz guitars, they don't have that because they have an end piece, which means the yes. strings are anchored uh, on a separate piece that's attached to the side. Yeah. Just like a violin, kind of. Yeah. And that means that you have a bridge that's just floating around on the top. And the because strings the bridge are, isn't attached there at all. No, right? it's just yeah. hanging out. It's just pressure. Yeah. yeah, and then the strings push it down, and that's kind of what's making mm -hmm. the sound. That gives you a certain kind of sound. But it's also more sustainable uh, construction. Mm -hmm. um, because that pressure is constant and it doesn't yeah. get any more or less over time and yeah. sure you can have a little you know a deflection just under the bridge but, yeah, but it's local and it's predictable that's it yeah um, and then it, you can easily make a guitar that doesn't do that at all yeah with uh, normal acoustic guitars they kind of they're bound to twist and warp and yeah. which means that you know we haven't seen it yet, but they probably have an expiration date. Yeah. Um, at least. Well, if you if you look at like the early early guitars from the whatever, when, when, when did they start making guitars? Oh, it's sixteen seven. There's yeah, been 1600s or something. Yeah, guitar like you, constructions out there for a while. Yeah, from sixteen seventeen hundreds or something. Yeah. They look pretty beat. Or they're, yeah. they're not playable anymore. No, and there's no. a whole different thing when you play the guitar. You're touching it all over the place. Mm. Or a violin, you're you're not rubbing your hands all. You're not spilling beer on it. You know. <laughs> so there's, that's. So, I think that's the big difference. That must be the big yes. difference. I mean, you got yeah. a beer pattern now on your on your work table already today. You know. Yeah, it's not the first. Just today. No, yeah. <laughs> won't be the last either. <laughs> no, there's more coffee stains here than the beer stains. Luckily. Yeah. 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 Yet. Yes, yes. We'll see how that changes. Uh, um, but um, yeah, so I like the the way it's constructed. Yeah. Just because I, I it's, think they're beautiful. They're That's amazing the thing, to yeah. look at, and then they're also, you know, a, a nice functioning mm. um, uh, instrument that just it makes makes will will keep sounding great for hundreds of years. Mm. You know, just yeah. like the violin. Because uh, for me, the 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 Selma guitar, yeah, we're ta we're talking about. Uh, you know, that is what what kind of that was for me the reason to start making uh, want to build an acoustic guitar too very cool because yeah. because i don't want to just build another guitar like i think you know that that yeah. looks different it looks you know it looks unique or and it looks right yeah it's you know? a certain kind of it's very uh, very interesting yeah. design yeah. i mean it was very 
in the time too like it's art deco stuff going yeah. on there so you know yeah but it, yeah but it, it, it's subtle art deco it's not this yeah. kind of over the top no. kind of thing it it, it, it is yeah. and it, and it's a, the, the original european steel string guitar mm. you know the europeans haven't contributed much to the development of jazz mm. but with django reinhardt and those guitars that's our most that's our biggest yeah. contribution to the evolution of jazz yeah so um so i think it's kind of has a special place in history as well because yeah. i don't know who else but Django reinhardt has influenced the way jazz was formed yeah and how how closely that was kind of uh, connected to this guitar yeah you know, which is uh, quite silly or, or strange or interesting or yeah, yeah. and it's funny yeah. how it developed too because the first guitars had these d holes yeah and then uh, Django would play one, and then his brother would play one, which was a rhythm guitar player in his yeah. band. And, um, but then Django was sponsored by Selmer, the company that made them. Yeah. So whenever they came out with a new model, he would get one for free. Yeah. Um, so he ended up with this little round oval hole because it was a later model. Yeah. But the poor rhythm players, they <laughs> they played the D holes. Yeah, yeah, they played the D hole. So now today. The rhythm player is supposed to have a D hole, oh, yeah. and the lead oh, guitar player is supposed to have a D hole. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So that's how uh, that uh, developed. And uh, today, people, right? yeah, yeah, most people talk about it like, oh, the you know the rhythm the D hole has that they have that rhythm bah, 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 quality, yeah. you know. And then, but really, if you look at this, there's like one really big <laughs> talking uh, about myth again, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this one clip of Django Reinhardt. He plays uh, plays a song, which is the most famous video clip of him. And then you look at the poor rhythm players in the back and their guitars are just beaten up you know yeah. there are scratches all over them yeah and the Django's Reinhardt it's a beautiful, is, is nice beautiful new guitar new yeah, yeah. guitar <laughs> that he just got shipped from the he could go in there and pick out the ones he wanted eh? and then yeah yeah that's super cool yeah yeah, yeah. yeah no, so that's also an idea I want to build the Selmer but but like compared to you I I want to create my own so I'll, I will I will design an electric guitar mm. from scratch Very cool. and also an acoustic but that's like we're talking 10 years here or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. So could could well, that's my happen time frame too so. it's like uh, yeah <laughs> no but uh, i think it's super uh, yeah so i'm uh, i'm very happy to have met you because yeah. i would really just to have somebody nerd out over these things and and somebody to you know be able to ask questions but also to kind of develop a thinking or and, and also an urgency or like a necessity to start developing new things because yeah, yeah. I knew like okay if I want to like an electric guitar is pretty easy right I mean woodworking wise you know, right it's it's a, it's a neck it's a fretboard and yeah. it's a body yeah it's all solid pieces of wood mm -hmm. with some slots in there some yeah you know, nothing special right uh, but an acoustic guitar you know that's a lot of pieces which need to be you know yeah. precisely put together and yeah. and when I made a list, I came to that uh, that you need around seventeen different types of jigs to make a guitar successful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so just that, developing them with you is super cool. Yeah, it's I really mean, nice. A lot. I'm yeah. learning a lot too from it. Um, yeah, same, same. And know, then also uh, getting out of the, you know, the conservative handwork mindset is something for, you know, because, the too. Because yeah, of course, and but like I've. I stumbled upon the CNC, like this computer kind of aided uh, production methods. Because first of all, I was interested in it. I thought, okay, wow, there's some potential there. And 
the thing is it's just a tool it's nothing more than the no, tool it's another tool you know? and you you have to know how to use it you have to know how to utilize it yeah and then suddenly it becomes the problem is it's such a powerful tool mm -hmm. you know? uh, so there's two ways if you start using cnc tools and you don't understand like your handles and your material you're going to produce crap mm -hmm. yeah and the same but if you have this combination that you understand your your hand tools, your other tools, your you know if you yeah. understand all your tools in your in your trade, and uh, and you uh, uh, yeah you also understand the limitations and 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 yeah, you can work with that. Suddenly you can do stuff you wouldn't have bothered to do because they would take too much time or would right. take to like because. Uh, you know, like a guitar like, guitar like that, like the Jazz Master, I could have done by hand. I would have been done mm -hmm. in two weeks. Sure, yeah. You know, I used two, three years on this. Yeah. Not And not constantly, because I had to do it in between all kinds of other stuff. But uh, um, yes. but it kept me engaged, because, mm -hmm. it, you know, there's a... And now I can press play, and I suddenly have, like, another body, I Jazz Master body, if I'm not happy with the wood I picked, uh, yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is, right? And... And it was a vehicle to kind of learn, to kind of explore, to kind of expand, and mm -hmm. and that's the interesting part. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, and it took a while for me to also to understand that, uh, like these CNC routers and lasers and water cutters and whatnot, you know, they're just tools. Yeah. You know, the, the real strength actually that I found out is is the three D modeling pro modeling programs. Right. You know? Yeah. Because that you know, like you know. We talked about it earlier how we nerded out just on get a, a curve right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And if you have that curve right in that three D program, mm -hmm. suddenly you can reproduce that perfect curve mm -hmm. again and again. Yeah. Instead of that, you, you know, so so you use the same amount of time of drafting to get that. You would have if we would have done it on paper to get that curve right. Yeah, you know that would have taken as long time. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is these French curves. They're all CNC. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all CNC, you know, and yeah. people forget that. And all these tools you use are, you know, the, the I mean, the quality of tools we have available now is incredible. Yeah. You know, that's all CNC technology. Yeah. You know, and people forget that it's so it's just a tool, and and but it makes it more fun. Mm -hmm. You can because you can do more complex stuff. You can do more interesting stuff. You can. Mm -hmm try out faster and and in a s not not necessarily cheaper but but more cost effective maybe yeah yeah so yeah. that's it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you know building shit yeah that's what we're here for yeah, yeah. cool all right shall we close it up we can close it up yeah you said everything you needed oh yeah I have, I guess, I probably have a ton of other questions, but oh, we can. There could, we can, there could be an episode uh, two. Well, there needs to be an episode two as soon as the guitar is done. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. We got to do the first strum have, on these microphones. Yes. I oh, think. that would be really cool. That would be fun. That would be fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's try that. Yeah. Let's aim for that. Next episode is when the first. Yes. Whoever perfect. finishes first. <laughs> whoever finishes first. <laughs> oh, that could be a close one. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks, man. And thank you. All right. Bye.